You are listening to episode 102 of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. This week, Stuart and Blakey dive into clubland stories, and there are plenty to catch up on this week. We cover situations where the committee has to get involved to make a determination, including one where the players are trying to play faster. Then there is the player who accepted a penalty when they didn't have to because they didn't know the rules. We also deal with a couple of moving ball incidences and what is the penalty and stroke play if you don't replay the stroke? We hope you enjoy episode 102. So whether you're in your car or going for a walk, enjoy this episode of the Golf Rules Questions podcast. Hey everyone. Welcome back to Golf Rules Questions podcast. This is episode 102. I'm Blakey. Alongside me is Stuart McPhee, or some know him as Stu. Oh, I think you're going to go with podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I totally forgot about it. Oh, I bet you did. Um, well, I've been uh, I've been away, Got uh, had lived golf, but uh, now I'm back. And more importantly, we're going to get into... Um, Clubland stories um, because we know that you've missed them and we have missed talking about them as well. So, uh, how have you been, podcast? Well, yeah, pretty good. Thanks. Uh, not traveling as much as you have, though. Well, I did go on holiday, but not as far as you for your work and being on the golf course. Enjoying that? Yeah, no, it was, it was good. That was the fourth time I've been in Jeddah um, in 20 months. So, uh, and it was hot. It was very hot. I think one day it got up to 43 degrees or something like that. So, that'd be with a C, not an F, when we talk about degrees. Uh, yeah, which is what, but I'm hanging out with a lot of Americans. So, they work it out and they're like, that's oh, that's 105 or something yeah. like that. And then the hot, the hot wind sort of came off the, uh, off Africa and, um, I think we managed that pushes it up too, and I think we managed to crack half a century in Celsius and almost one twenty in uh, in Fahrenheit too. So it was hot, yeah. And uh, one of the coolest things, actually, call us not uh, not by temperature, but one of the coolest things, the back nine at Royal Greens actually has uh, lights around every hole. And we had this, uh, unfortunately, not the front nine. Otherwise, we'd probably probably play the championship there uh, during the night. But uh, we managed to play the first Live Golf Caddy Championship. So all the caddies from all the teams played a scramble um, together. And some of them are, you know, extremely good golfers. Some of them not so. Uh, I was a walking scorer for the Stinger team. We managed to get to, I think we got to eight under, but... Uh, after for nine holes, uh, but uh, we lost by two shots. The Smash team and the Ironheads team got in the playoff down the 18th, and it was the first time the Ironheads have seen the podium, so um, that was pretty good for them. Obviously, they were ribbing it to their players because the players haven't seen the podium, but uh, that was really cool. You know, it was, it was still like 28 degrees at, at 10 o'clock at night, but. Um, the sun wasn't beating down on us, so it wasn't as bad. But yeah, hopefully we'll uh, keep that going. That'll be a tradition going on next year and the year after. Uh, so that was really cool. Um, you know, just uh, on that, because you don't see them play, it's easy to lose sight of the fact that a lot of caddies are actually 
pretty good golfers. And in fact, a lot of them are on that path to become professionals themselves and maybe just fell at that last hurdle, just fell short a little bit. So you can still play very, very, very good golf, just didn't make it to that final level. But um, you don't see them play. So you don't even yeah. think about whether they can play or not. But a lot of them can. Yeah, absolutely. It does help, I think, you know, if you are getting a caddy that you want to help read greens, that you get someone who has obviously done it themselves, got down to a scratch or something like that. Uh, as I said, not every caddy is like that, but there were um, a hell of a lot of good golfers uh, in the caddy ranks. Uh, that uh, And then, you know, some of the players were out as well. They came out, like the I was walking scorer with the Stingers. The whole Stingers team went the whole nine holes and they were – Carrying on, yahooing, and it was just brilliant. It was just really gave it a great feel. And uh, unfortunately, our guys didn't get over the line, but um, it was just fun to be. Eight under, uh, not enough. No, 10, ten under. Ten under was a two teams had 10 under. Um, that was two eagles, uh, two pars, and um, five birdies. No, it's, uh, one par, two eagles, and six, six, uh, birdies so yeah really good golf yep. um so let's get into episode 102 firstly uh the golfers question of the week for 101 podcast grqotw for episode 101 in an individual stroke play event andy the average golfer hooks his tee shot left towards a red penalty area on the third hole at wombat hills his group searches for around, around one minute in the thick grass outside the penalty area and frustrated, Andy drops a ball using lateral relief from the red penalty area, even though it is not known or virtually certain to be in the penalty area. He's about to play his next stroke with the dropped ball when someone else finds his original ball in the thick grass outside the penalty area well within the three minutes of search time. Which ball must Andy play and are there any penalty strokes? Okay, so Andy actually gets really lucky with this one. So he's he's dropped the ball um, without having virtual certainty. So without having that at least 95% known or virtual certainty that his ball is in the penalty area. So that's an incorrect drop or a procedure that he's not allowed to proceed under. Uh, then he hasn't played it yet. So he's just simply dropped it into play, but he hasn't played it. Uh, someone else comes along and finds his ball outside the penalty area. He's actually allowed to pick up the ball that he dropped because he uh, proceeded incorrectly and go and play his original ball uh, for a second shot. So uh, he gets really lucky with that one. Uh, now, Stuart, I've got a question for you. What happens if the guy or the person didn't find it outside the PA in the long grass, but they actually found it inside the PA in the long grass. Is the ball that he dropped the ball in play or does he have to pick it up and redrop it now because he's got the 95% virtual certainty? That's a really good question. I would suspect if it is dropped based on the correct relief area, therefore the correct reference point, and it just so happens to be, yes, there's a ball there and it clearly lasts across the edge of the penalty area where you've identified the reference point for relief, I think you'd be okay. Um, if, of course, you realise, well, no, it actually crossed a lot further up or a lot further back, changing that reference point, you would definitely, I mean, you have to change. In fact, you must. Uh, there's one of the clarifications under Rule 17.1. But 
that says you must actually change and actually go and pick up that ball and correct that. Um, I don't know for certain. I reckon you'd be okay because yeah, you now true. have knowledge of virtual certainty, even though when you dropped, you didn't. That is an interesting one. Uh, for the second one where the ball has, uh, it, it's a different it, last point crossed on the edge, last edge crossed, spot on the edge. Yep. I never, the edge. I never get that one yep. right. Uh, yep, we agree. Pick the ball up, drop it under the new, but do you need to drop it? I actually don't know the answer. To so we'll go to 14.5. When a player has substituted another ball for the original ball when not allowed under the rules, or the player's ball in play was replaced, dropped, or placed in a wrong way, wrong place, or using a procedure that did not apply. At the time he dropped it, that procedure did not apply. He didn't have KVC. It just so happens. I mean, I could see an argument both ways, and I could certainly see someone going, well, when he dropped it, it, he used a procedure that did not apply. Correct. And therefore, the player may correct the mistake without penalty, only allowed before that ball is played. And I could see an argument for going, look, if it's in the right spot, which would be unlikely that it was exactly the reference point, unlikely, um, <clears throat> excuse me, but, I mean, good chance probably that reference point was not exactly where it probably entered, where they, where Andy just frustratingly decided to drop. So we might get back to you on that one. I, I can see an argument for both ways as well. Mm. He proceeded incorrectly. It does say the player may correct the mistake. Mm. So is it now no longer a mistake? Right. Because the ball was found. And now we have certainty. And now we have certainty. Yeah. Or is it a case of, yeah, but you, you have to correct the mistake by picking it up and dropping it, even though that might be now the correct relief area. Mm. And if someone thought that, and they thought they were doing the right thing by going, oh, I need to pick it up and drop it again. Because right. when I dropped it initially, it was yeah. under the wrong. Mm. And then they picked it up and dropped it again. Are they now playing from a wrong place? Mm. Because what they had actually done was correct. And the committee comes up, oh, no, 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 it was fine. You didn't have to drop it again at all. Oh, I'm going to have to ask someone that one. Oh, well, definitely. We've got our own little network where we throw these curly that's ones. Too, that's too difficult for me. Um, oh. I'll uh, I'll take it another step. At the end of that round, if his marker or one or two of the other players in the group said, hey, on the third hole, Andy dropped from that penalty area, there is no way that ball was in that penalty area. And he dropped. Imagine the committee then. They'd have to gather all those facts. And if he didn't drop, sorry, if he dropped when he wasn't supposed to and then obviously didn't find the original ball, say, and, of course, then his only option was then to return to the tee, then you're talking about far serious much more serious the, consequences. That marker or that group person didn't, another person in the group didn't say anything at the time. No, and they probably should have, but they could have even expressed, but Andy was just beyond frustrated. I mean, if you're a part of the committee, would you ask that person why they didn't bring it up at the time? Yeah, but then what, what would the correct answer be? Why didn't you bring it up at the time? And then, oh, Andy's, Andy's got a fiery temper. I didn't want him to punch me. Oh, well, that's, I wouldn't. As a committee, I wouldn't take that. I'd, I'd be more leaning towards or the player. I, I said to him, I didn't think it was in the penalty. Oh, that's, different. That, that's different. But Andy didn't want to believe me. He didn't want to buy it. Yeah, well, that's he different. was just frustrated. That would be the, uh, the correct answer. Sure. If, if mm. uh, you said something and uh, mm. now it's... And we've had this situation at the Players' Championship. And I forget, I forget. I think the player was uh, Daniel Berger. Yeah. And the other two, Victor Hovland may have been the other one. Yeah. And one other. 
both going Jordan. right, and both going. There's no way across there. Yeah, and hamburgers going. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And the other two is two against one, yeah. and maybe four against two if you think of caddies. You know. Yeah. Um, what can the committee do then? And you, and I like the fact that the other two players are not just protecting the two of them; they're protecting 142. Yeah, that's right. Um, that's they're protecting right. the rest of the field by doing that. Yeah, correct. Uh, anyway, right. Uh, we'll get back to you with a an answer about whether someone drops under the incorrect procedure and then turns into the correct procedure, whether they need to redrop or they continue with the ball played as it lies if the relief area is exactly the same. And when I say exactly the same, of course, you're just going to estimate where the ball uh, crossed into the penalty area. So what if that estimation is going to be the same spot regardless of whether you were to find it or not find it? Yeah. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We'll find out. As I said, I think it's more likely than not to be in a different spot than where they just happen to drop. But How about, actually, that could be... Uh, you've probably already sorted it out, but that could be our golf rules question of the week 102. We know I've already gone for <laughs> I know, but that could be because we want you to come back to us and tell us the answer. And if you can't, uh, obviously, we will find out the answer. Yeah, that'll do. So the question for GOQ, this is so funny because didn't we do it for uh, quest, uh Episode 100 with Ross, we did the GRQ at the both GRQ answering question at the end. There may be some agenda, and now we're agenda do, issues. Now we're going to do the GRQ. Oh, we can we'll say that. We'll say that. Uh, we, we, want keep it, we want people to keep listening in. Uh, well, it's Clubland stories. Not just listen to, oh, well, everyone wants to hear Everyone us. wants to hear the Clubland stories. Yeah. Right, let's go. Jeff, par four on the tee. Out of bounds runs from the tee to about halfway up the fairway on the right-hand side. The rest of the right-hand side consists of hazard or penalty area all the way to the green. All this area is full of grass and trees. If the ball enters here, it is hard to find. Playing match play, my opponent drives towards the out of bounds and hazard on the right-hand side. Either of us or neither of us can confirm correct location. Opponent says it went into the penalty area. I said it went out of bounds. What is the ruling? As if it's as it as if it is out of bounds, it becomes three off the tee. If it's hazard, then its third shot is taken down at the entry point to the penalty area. Uh, just wondering what the answer is. I'd like to know what happened. So, uh, Jeff, you you know playing match play, you just need to work out. Uh, the best, the most accurate place that this is going to be. Um, obviously, you're saying something. They're saying something. It's a he said, he said, or he said, she said, whatever the cliche is. And uh, the facts of the case, you know, if it's 300 metres off the tee and your opponent hasn't had it past 240 all day, I think we know who the who's correct. Um, however, if it's 180 off the tee, and your opponent usually hits it at least 240 on the fly, uh, it's more likely that it's going to be the opponent. Will you agree with that? Yeah. So you really just need to work it out uh, between the two of you. And if you can't work it out, then you're going to get the committee involved, i.e. Stuart and I are the committee at the moment. And we are going to say exactly this. We're going to ask the questions that you need to ask of the situation about who is more likely to be right 
and then uh, work it out from there. <clears throat> I should add about, you know, we talk about this a lot, the difference between stroke play and match play. And with match play, it's about protecting your rights and your opponent Unlike a field in stroke play and you can't see most of the players, your opponent in match play is right there and you're in a position to protect your rights. And if the player thinks, no, my ball's definitely in the penalty area, it's probably maybe poor course marking. I believe this is hypothetical, but probably poor course marking to have all that thick grass outside the penalty area to not be very clear that it's in there. But that aside, um, it comes down to, look, I believe it's, I believe my ball is in the penalty area. Um, it's my ball and I'm going to proceed as I see fit, which then puts it back onto the opponent to go, well, I feel strongly enough where I'm going to request a ruling or I'm going to let him go with, and let him go. And that comes back to the opponent then to go, well, how much do I want to protect my rights? And the easy thing to do, of course, is to request a ruling, at which point the player goes, what does that mean? And the opponent says, well, this is, we'll work it out, you know, with the committee. And in a, in a way, you hope the match is not hinging on that one hole and maybe the, hatch, the match is already over one way or the other anyway. And you get to the 18th hole and, you know, the match is still open and you don't have a result for one hole in a way. Um, either that player's played from the wrong place or they've proceeded correctly and lost the hole and they played from the wrong place. So it would come back to the committee and this could take 10, 15 minutes or the pro shop in their absence and you would ask the questions you just said. And you know what? If this was really serious, you'd drive them all out. You'd drive them out there and say, well, let's have a look. Not searching for the ball, but have a feel for right where would that ball likely gone? You know, I'm, I'm thinking aloud here, but tee up five and show me how far you're hitting them today. Yeah, something, something like that. You I was know? thinking that in my mind too. And, would and you get them to try and re-head it to see if they could hit it? I'll give you five. Just give me your best shot. And the opponent could be sitting there going, "Great," because I know there's no way he reached that right. penalty area. Right. No way in the world. So it's either lost in the thick grass or it's out of bounds. I'm in the right. He's going to play for a wrong place, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. Anyway, there's all those options available to the committee. What if it's right on the right on the line, and you know that person then blasts like you know hitting a a soft cut out mm. there, and it only goes two hundred. Mm. Whereas then he just starts aiming little draws. Yes, he guys draws two eighty, and you're like, you know, who's going to win there? It, it's it's not an easy situation, but at the end of the day, I think if you know if it's bad light and you can't do that what it's going to come back to is most likely going to come back to the player. The player is going to have the benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, the committee might have some history with this player knowing that this player isn't the best with their integrity and yeah. honesty. And he has to live with that. He or she has to live with and, that. And, you know, they might come back to haunt him. And that's allowed um, because why wouldn't it, you know? If you've got a dodgy history, then you should cop that. Uh, but at the end of the day, if both um, people, uh, priests at the local, well, no, that's a bad example. Um, if both people, uh, you know, uh, I was going to say lawyers, definitely not. If both people are upholding citizens, definitely not politicians either. Uh, then at the end of the day, it comes back to the benefit of the doubt for the player. So, and at the final bit, the committee will have to make a decision. Yeah, one way or the other. If they get out a fifty cent coin to flip it, well, I think that's, that's their call. But I they need the, to make a decision. I think the benefit of the player comes. Yeah, the benefit of the doubt goes with the player. Yeah, I'm just saying, whatever way they come up with a decision, it's the committee's decision yeah. and it's final. Yeah, that's right. Mm. 
Right, hope uh, hope you got that one, Jeff. Right, we've got another one from DK. In a match, player A hits his second stroke on the fourth hole into a red penalty area. He drops correctly into the general area using lateral relief. Before playing his next stroke, the ball rolls back into the red penalty area due to natural forces. The player and his opponent discuss the situation and both agree that he must take another penalty drop. <laughs> he gets up and down from this point, recording six strokes against his opponent's five strokes. Although player A recorded a lock on this hole, on this hole he goes on to win the match. Oh, nice. Uh, the player mentions the situation to committee member who advises they did not need to take another penalty and they should listen to GRQP. This week for David and podcast to discuss the situation. Oh, there you go, you David. I know. And... <laughs> He calls you podcast. Um, right, DK, uh, you've sent this all ages ago, but uh, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, yeah, uh, player A got tricked into, or I won't say tricked, he got advised the wrong thing and agreed with it, and that's the way it uh, sits. This one actually changed 1 January 2003, uh, 2023, and uh, if you're after taking relief, and your ball is at rest, it rolls, getting pushed by gravity, sun, water, wind, natural forces is what all those things come under. <laughs> uh, then, and it goes into a different area of the course. So it goes from general area to green, general area to bunker, general area to penalty area, uh, bunker to green, bunker to penalty area. You get the point. Uh, then you just replace it. Okay, you replace it where it was at rest after you'd taken relief. No penalty. Just put it back. No penalty. Um, we call this a Ricky Fowler rule, don't we? Yes, oh, I do. Yeah. Given that whole I re I re uploaded that one with new Updated. text. Yeah, Very I think good. the text or I uh, commented on it. So rule 9.3 covers ball move by natural forces, exception 2 to 9.3. If the player puts the original ball or another ball into play by dropping, placing, or replacing it, so that's what this player has done by dropping it from a relief area, a penalty area, and natural forces cause the ball at rest to move and come to rest in another area of the course or out of bounds, the ball must be replaced on its original spot, which if not known must be estimated. No penalty, just put it back. Yeah, and also having the Thorborn Olsen on the European tour. Um, unfortunate, but that was back then and they got the penalty, extra penalty, but nowadays uh, you'd be okay. And it's interesting you talk about um, the two players agreed, therefore, and they didn't knowingly agree to a wrong rule, like no. to not applying no. something. They just both... Well, they would, have been right. they would have been right last year. <laughs> yes, they would have been, but it's like the fact that they both agree, that, that player can't go back to the committee later and go, oh, actually... The pro shop told me this or the, the golf shop told me this and what do we do now? Well, they can go back and then the committee fires the golf shop. But uh, if they got it wrong. But uh, actually... Good, someone, good know they got it right. Actually, I think uh, someone someone messaged me the other day. Oh, it's Kevin. So I had, I had one the other day. Uh, this is going off the outside of the Clubland stories, but it is a Clubland story. Uh, this guy who knows the rules and, you know, we all, all get one wrong every now and then. Um, he knows the rules in a foursome, hits off from outside the teeing area. 
sees his mistake, gets his partner to oh. hit off from within the same ter- the teeing area. And he said, oh, no, I think I stuffed it up. And he DQ'd himself, went into the golf shop, and they said, no, no, you did the right thing. You're back in the competition. <laughs> Why did he DQ himself then? Because they played out the hole. In the oh, that hole. Sorry. So when he got, got his... I didn't correct it. He was supposed to correct it and take the two-shot penalty. Yes. It was stroke play. Got his partner too. And got himself to play because he played from outside the team area. Right. But he got his partner to play. Yeah, so they played out of order. So they've got the two shots. And if uh, someone said something, it would have been four shots. But uh, they got the two shots for the um, outside the team area. Then they would have got two shots for the out of order. Which still needs to be corrected. Um, but but Both which is actually just two shots because no one knew or whatever. Um, intervening event, no intervening event. Even though he knew, but he didn't know. We've talked about this before. Um, so then, but he still needs, the most important thing, he still needs to correct that error, that mistake. And he, they didn't, that team didn't. And once they got to the hole, uh, once they got to the next team area and teed off, oh, no, mistake, um, I had to DQ. Goes into the golf shop and the golf shop said, no, no, you did the right thing. Um, you're back in the competition. Wow. And he said, oh, is that right? And I go, no. Um, but we did, you know, we all, he said, oh, I should have known it. And I said, I understand that, but you, everyone gets one wrong and you're supposed to rely, you'd be able to rely on the golf dock to know the rules because they, someone tells them what happened and they get to sit there and go, hmm, where's the book? Answer is this, but they didn't. They just said, no, no, you're right. So that situation we had is a, what is the ruling in our drop zone newsletter? A month or two or three ago, oh, yeah. of course, a lot of. Uh, remember, there was a lot of disagreement with our response. Oh, yes, remember yes. that? Yeah, and we had the USGA's backing. Remember, was that, that the one? Yes, because yes. it was you and I as partners. That's you right. played off outside, played. That's right. And I've gone to correct it from inside the team area. Yeah. How many penalty strokes? Where's the next shot played from? And That's what's right. broke it'll be? And it was and cool. It was definitely two general penalties. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people don't know. Nothing matters until you correct the team area. Because we because we knew of we were aware, right? Um, well, it's just they saw it as it's almost an additional a lot of thought, a lot of people thought nothing, everything stops until that teeing area mistake is corrected. Yeah. But then we've compounded the issue by actually, you know, playing out of order now. Yes. We've attempted to play from inside the teeing area, but out of order. Both of which need to be corrected. Yeah, you still need to play for inside the team area, not me. So I said there was a ball down the fairway, you know. So where's the next shot made from? Who makes it? Yeah, and what stroke number will be? And it's you from the team area still, and it'll be the fifth. We need to send that drop zone to that golf shot. <laughs> I'm going to go back. Not to Kevin. He's gonna, all over it. But... I'm going to go. No, I'll send it on to Kevin and tell him to send it. <laughs> uh, right. So we've answered a few there. Uh, Jimbo, I love this. Jimbo. From Canada. Jimbo had a 10-foot putt to save par on a par three hole. Okay. This was a friendly game. They always are. <laughs> he struck his putt at the lip of the hole. His playing partner knocked it back to him. Jimbo felt that the ball was still moving and had a chance to tumble into the hole. The other playing partners, after having a hearty laugh, <laughs> agreed. Oh, the perpetrator agreed to consider the ball hold and everyone moved on to the next hole. And reviewing the rule afterwards, it seems that the perpetrator should have been assessed the general penalty and Jimbo should have replayed his putt. Since he didn't, 
I believe Jimbo would also be assessed a general penalty had it been a tournament round, but his putt counts as a stroke as well. 11.2 C2. My question is, can Jimbo consider his ball hold with that stroke and therefore would have a score of five? <laughs> would the ruling be the same if the ball came to rest but was sent back to me prior to 10 seconds elapsing? I've got, a third, I've got the question, first question before we even get going. Was the ball at rest on the lip of the hole when it was hit back to it? Well, it says here the ball was a hit in motion. The Jimbo felt that the ball was still moving and had a chance to tumble in the hole, and everyone agreed. So he struck his So the ball, ball was still moving. And at moving. the lip of the hole, his playing partner um, knocked it back to him. So was it still yes, in motion? It was still in motion. Or do you reckon it sort of come to the lip? It said Jimbo felt that the ball was still moving, mm. and everyone agreed. Okay. All right, I'm happy with that. So a so ball in ball, motion has been motion. deliberately, uh, deliberately hit. Correct. Del- deliberately deflected, which so, is an issue for the other So the... Stroke must be replayed by Jimbo. So you can't count a ball to be hold. Actually, <laughs> you can in one instance. Do you know that instance? Is this the ball at rest on the top, on the lip of the hole, or not? No. Jeez. Uh, no, I can't so in head. Jimbo's case, he played from the putting green. Yes. We'd say that it says Jimbo had a 10-foot putt to yeah. save par. Yeah. Let's say he's on the putting green. Sure. If he's not on the putting green. Oh, you're talking about it's yeah. been, you estimate where yes. it is. Okay. Okay, so Jimbo, listen to this. If you, you don't actually say that you're on the green or not, but we assume, which is terrible, we assume that you were on the green. So if you're on the green, you must replay the shot, okay? Uh, The perpetrator gets the general penalty, as you've said, which is right, and you have not finished the hole. So you've only had two shots. Uh, You cannot accept a three, and you cannot accept a five either. Um, You haven't finished the hole. So if it's a Stableford, then you get zero points. If it's a par round, you get a minus. Or uh, if it's a maximum score, you'd get the maximum score. If it's a stroke round, you'd be disqualified. Okay? Right? The perpetrator, as I said, as we said, gets the general penalty. So you cannot consider the ball hold. But, but if you were off the green, and you can have a 10-foot putt off, from off the okay. green, yeah. you're in the rule... It states that if someone deliberately stopped your ball, you have to estimate where it would have come to rest and place it there. And if that was in the hole, if everyone agreed that it would have come to rest in the hole, you can place it in the hole. But we need to know that very important, I'm going to assume that you're on the green, but very very important um, information, were you on the green or were you not on the green? Big difference. Massive difference. And the penalty still applies. So a player gets a general penalty if they deliberately deflect or stop any ball in motion, whether it's their ball or an opponent's ball or another player's stroke play. If you deliberately deflect or stop any ball in motion, you get the general penalty. Um, now, for if it's if your stroke is made from the green, we know what you just said before. Cancel about replay. replay. Um, if the player replays this, yeah, uh, the player must replay the stroke by playing the original ball or another ball. But what you were just saying there before, 
need to find this. Right there. Ah, now above it. When the ball would have come, so we've played a stroke from off the putting green, and when the ball would have come to rest on the putting green, the player must place the original ball or another ball on the estimated spot where the ball would have come to rest. That can be in the hole. And if all the players are going, that was definitely going in the hole. So, unfortunately, you don't have very good friends, Jimbo. <laughs> it's a good one, they, though. They ruined your round. Jimbo felt guilty, uh, guiltily accepted the score of three, unfortunately didn't have a sign, have to sign or turn his card. So he was just doing it for, amongst friends. I mean, if this was match play, it's slightly different because if you all agreed, uh, not knowing, we're not aware of the rules and not uh, um, agreeing to not play by the rules. Mm. If you did, as long as you didn't do that, as long as you weren't aware of the actual rule, and everyone said, "Yep, yep, you've had a three in match play," then you've had a three. But stroke play is a lot different. Very good. Thank you very much, Jimbo, for your question. That was, a good one. That was probably sent seven weeks ago. <laughs> we we apologise. Hopefully, you're still playing golf. CBY. Okay, CBY. A story from when I was a referee that I found funny. A referee at a local amateur individual stroke play competition, working late into the first day, a call came over the radio for a rules official being required on the ninth tee box in my zone. I proceeded over to the ninth tee box in my golf cart, taking about three minutes to get there. Upon arrival, I was told by the group of three players that A, they had been warned that they were out of position, read pace of play, and B, in order to try and make up some time, one of the three golfers had gone ahead and hit his tee shot and there was a ball out on the fairway. The rules issue that was presented was that the player's marker had not seen the tee shot, so was concerned that he could not certify the scorecard. In the marker's words, how do I know it's his first shot? It's his first shot. Maybe he already lost one in the trees and what should we do? I understand. Yeah. Okay. So what's uh, what's happened is uh, say I'm still on the green and I finish, but Stuart's already gone to the tee because the pace of play and want to try and speed up and he already hits. And now I come and go, well, how do I know that's your first? That could be, you could have hit one in the trees. Okay. I informed the players that it was not the marker's role to observe every single stroke the player makes and the failure to do so is not an issue and to get on with it. I said that if the player has saved that it is his tee shot, then we will take him at his word. Needless to say, after calling for a rules official, my transit time, the time to get all the facts and the time to inform players to get moving, they were further out of position. And this interaction made me review the rules more closely on that R and not on that R and not and not stated to be marker's obligations. There are a lot of things that a marker must do under Rule 3.3, and clearly a marker that is also a player cannot observe the other player at all times during the play of the hole. My take is that it is still ultimately falls to the player and his or her integrity to report accurately the number of strokes taken on the hole to their marker and not the opposite. I know you have discussed markers on the podcast before. Well, you love markers, then. <laughs> But would like your take on what instructions could be given to players on how to act as a marker. It seems there is some confusion. Another one from Canada, August 2023. That was two months ago. How terrible were we? Uh, fantastic. 
CBY, uh, I think you're uh, you're pretty spot on. You got anything to add to that, Stuart? No, I just <laughs> we don't want to get me started on the marker, but um, no, I just think like you're right. You, you cannot watch if if your player that you're if I'm marking your card, probably more likely the other way around. You're marking my card, and I'm in the trees. You're not going to come over and stand five meters away and watch me make sure I get out. I'm going to come out and go. Actually, I had an extra one in there. I'm actually out here for three. Um, you can't be watching every single shot. I, our friend Captain Ray was my marker on Saturday, and I was right behind a tree. Had no option but to hit take an unplayable. Told the guy nearest to me, I'm just taking an unplayable. Who wasn't my marker, just to tell someone else. When I caught up to Ray close to the green, I said, I'm actually there for three. I took an unplayable. As we walk off, he goes, was that a four? I said, no, it was a five. I took the unplayable. <laughs> so sometimes your markers, your mark they're in their own game. They're not going to watch every single shot. And I understand where those other players are coming from. He could be five off the tee and you don't know, but, you know. Well, as I say, I know it's easy to cheat, but it's also very easy not to cheat. Um, so let's take him, take the player by his word or her word, and until we, until guilty and uh, until innocent, until proven guilty, and when they are guilty, um, ban them from golf. Yeah. Because, Full weight of the committee or because golf is not for them. <laughs> golf is not for them. It's mm. not about cheating. It's all about your character. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd kick them out of the club. <laughs> uh, no, that's all. That's all good. I, I tell you, I um, <clears throat> I was at an amateur tournament myself. Just on this pace of play, this young girl went ahead with dad was on the bag, and she hit off and then played a provisional. And I walked up to them because the, the immediate. Response, unfortunately, the immediate posture was defensive. It was like, what's this official coming towards me? Dad's sort of almost ready to attack me to defend his daughter. And I just said, look, the first thing you really should be doing, the really should be doing is making it very, very clear because the players have just walked up and seen you hit off and they don't know it's a provisional. They think it's your first one. So you just need to be, and she didn't say anything. And I said, you just need to be very open about, hey, guys, that's see that one I just hit, that's my provisional. I'll be searching out on the left for it. You know, she was young and good golfer, but uh, I just thought it's important to, as you say, to not have any doubt about what's happening. And whether it was the marker or someone else, just tell someone else what's going on and keep them up to date. As I said, they would have only hit a, seen her hit that second ball yeah. and gone, oh, that's her tee shot. Yeah. And it wasn't. Hmm. Now, do you want to Dave, read this one? Dave wasn't happy. Uh, what you just said then, it reminds me of... Uh, the players and caddies that I have to deal with um, in the professional game, uh, you know, the caddy will be, sh they'll be backing up their player and you're like, come on, mate. Like, you know, we all saw it. You, you know, it's, I know you, you don't want to lose your job by being defensive, but, you know, getting defense, getting the backup of your player. But, well, I'm talking more pace of play. Like, yeah. You guys are so slow. Do you want me to read this one because I can't read it? Uh, or I'll read it. Yeah, I didn't yeah. realise you struggled like that. A little bit. More older than you. All right, you, you can go. Uh, this is from Colin from Why Maddie. Colleen, Roger, Brian, and Peter are playing the par three second at Why Maddie on Wednesday. Uh, I won't say that. Peter is on the green for one, while his other playing partners are near the hole but not on. 
Peter is on the green, happy about his shot. Brian clips on and is heading towards Peter's ball, which is not marked yet. Peter, seeing Brian's ball heading towards his ball, taps his ball, Peter's, out of the way so it doesn't hit his ball. Roger says there is a penalty of some sort because his ball wasn't marked. What is the penalty? <laughs> the group assessed a one-shot penalty, which Peter agreed to. Peter had a four. So is it, or did he? No. So I'm just going to get the names here right. So Peter's on the green. Yeah. And he's the ball that's about to be in the way. Yeah. Right? And then Brian Brian's chips on. Who moves the ball? Peter. And so, Peter? So Colleen and Roger are just spectators. So don't worry about so There's things. only two players. There's two, there's two players involved. Got yeah. it. Peter's on the green for one. Brian's the player because he hits. And then Peter becomes the player when he hits his own ball into the hole whilst uh, Brian's ball is ball out of the way. So what is the ruling? So it doesn't hit his ball. Roger says there is a penalty of some sort because his ball wasn't marked. What was Peter thinking? Well, he wanted to get his ball out of the way. But he should have just left it there. Was mm. he trying to protect the field? I think he was trying to help Brian, I mean, help Brian not Stop Brian's ball. <laughs> okay, so we know. Well, we don't know whether the holes here. No, no, of course. Where well, Peter's ball, there. of course, That's where right. Peter's ball is in relation. Whether to it was helping. So we do know that if Brian chips out of the bunker and hits um, Peter's ball, Brian now plays his ball where it comes to rest. Yeah. Right, where it lies. Yeah. Peter simply replaces his ball. Right. Right. So we know that. Okay. Peter, however, has seen, hang on, there's a ball coming my way. Yes. I need to get this out of the way. Right. However, yes, Peter has unmarked the spot before lifting it. Right. Is that your answer? <laughs> no, I haven't given an answer. You um, didn't give an answer. Does Peter get penalised for moving his ball with a stroke? Whilst, was it a stroke, though? Well, yes. He chipped it in. I mean, he tapped it in. Peter seen Brian's ball heading towards his ball. Ah. Oh. Taps his oh, ball, taps his ball out, out of, of the way. Oh, I thought he meant taps it as it makes a stroke. Mm, sorry. Just moved it out of the way. Well, first of all, well, we, we can't assume anything. Did he tap it to make a stroke or did he tap it to get it out of the way? I think we're going to assume the first one. Okay. I don't think no, he's made a stroke. One. He hasn't made a stroke. Second one. To get out of the way. Yeah, yeah sorry. Okay. Definitely so he hasn't made tapped it out of the way. Yeah. To so simply move it out of the way. See, so if he made a stroke, it would be one stroke and no penalty. Just made a stroke. But he's moved it out of the way. Forget about taps as boy. He's moved it out of the way. Correct. Um, deliberately. Not accidental. Without movement. marking it. Yeah. So it's a one-stroke penalty. <laughs> so when you were going at me, I'm thinking you're heading towards no penalty. Well, I think he tapped it as and made, no, tapped it in. There's definitely a penalty here, but the way you were wording it up, I'm going, what am I not seeing? Why would you tap it out of the way? I have no idea. Just leave it there. When you say tap, that's a tap it in. You don't say tap it out of the way. You oh, say, okay. say move it out of the way. Sure. Well, I think hit it out of probably the way. just hit it out of the way with the putter. Yeah, hit it out of the way. You don't clearly, I would, from reading that, clearly no intention to make a stroke. No. There was no way that no, was a stroke no, towards the whole score. That was just moving it out of the way, just so happened to do it with the foot or a putter, whatever it might have been. Um, that is clearly moving your ball in play, you know, spot that needs to be replaced, should have marked it first using an artificial object, just wrote a bit of that. Um, 
That's a clear one shot penalty. Yeah, as right. far as I'm Roger concerned. is correct. Nine four nine point four B. Yeah. Or fourteen point fourteen point one. Roger is spot on. Hmm. So uh Peter has well, it looks like Peter's replaced the ball. Assume of he doesn't actually say. Well, we assume we just put it back. They say he replaced his ball. Drags it back in with his club. Oh no. Would you give him would you give <laughs> That's not how you replace a ball? I just but just there's, no, there's no intervening event. Well, when they sit, oh, yeah, I'm just trying to think. Well, when they're yelling, hey, that's a one shot penalty. No, it's not. And he drags it back. Well, and doesn't replace it correctly. That, that is an intervening Absolutely, event. it is. So two one shot penalties. Oh, we're just making up stuff that or could have happened on the Or if it back and then Roger says something. Yeah, then we're okay. It's only one. Right. Oh, my God. Intervening events are so. And try to make them easier. Yeah, yeah. Try to get rid of those. Well, they got rid of the unrelated and related acts, but. Um, no, that's a clear one shot penalty. As I said, I was just yeah. making up that he's dragged well, it back into the spot towards his ball, trap taps his ball. I just taps it in the hole, but obviously not. Hmm. Uh, you right. played at Y, mate? No, I haven't driven past past Y, Maddie, but I haven't okay. uh, played then. Okay, that's one for when I get back to get back home, uh, mum and dad's. Uh, right, next one Zuma Golf. He's a fun one, a player made a stroke from a bunker and accidentally hit. The other player's club at rest on the green. What actions were taken to resolve the situation? The player hit it as it lies with no penalty. But if, but the question is, if the player, if it was the player's own club, is there a penalty? And this happened two weeks ago. Oh, that's not too bad for us. <laughs> right, Zuma Golf. So as long as the club wasn't left there on purpose by anyone to affect where the ball came to rest. There is no penalty regardless. So if it's left there by an opponent, if it's left there by another player, if it's left there by the player themselves, as long as it wasn't left there on purpose to affect where the ball could have come to rest, then the fact that it hit it um, accidentally uh, there is no penalty. Can we do the exact words? So yeah, if a player's that, ball... That's your speciality. <laughs> oh, if a player's ball in motion accidentally hits any person, including the player, or outside influence, there is no penalty to any player. This is true even if the ball hits the player, the opponent, or any other player, or any of their caddies or equipment. Um, so it's just zero penalty if it's all accidental. If a player's ball in motion played from anywhere except the putting green accidentally hits any person, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the ball must normally be played as it lies. And in that case, it's hit the club, comes to rest, played as it lies. Now, the whole time that you were reading that, which is correct, I was thinking, is it specialty or speciality? Oh, is it Caribbean or Caribbean? No, but can you actually say speciality? I don't know why. I'm not sure you can. You just did. I know. I sort of add, what's that? Add those things, you know, what are they called? Like David has two, two syllables. That's it. Oh, okay. Well, like, you don't add, add a syllable? I don't know. Anyway, right. Shall we get on to uh, GRQ OTW number 102, or have we? Do you want to say one or do you want to just use the one that I we... think we need to do a bit more research? Perhaps we'll do the research. 
Okay, a so you, uh, podcast wants to do a real... We normally do one thing here, G- and that's prepared G- to GIQ. G- G- so. <laughs> and you're going to... Take my, it away from me. Wasting my time coming here. Oh, did you did make that. it up? Yeah, take that. Back. Are we good to go? GIQ one zero two. Yeah, correct. You and I are playing a match. Speaking of hitting stuff. So I won. Yeah, we're not there yet. You would have won. Blakey and Stewart are playing a match at Wombat Hills. It is Blakey's turn to putt on the first green and he removes the flag stick from the hole, placing it on the green behind the hole. Well out of play. Blakey's putt is way too hard and believing the ball will definitely hit the flag stick, Stewart rushes over and picks up the flag stick. Blakey's ball continues to roll past where the flag stick was on the green. Blakey is not happy and he requests a ruling. Are there any penalty strokes and what happens next? I listened to that one. So that was good. But the key is, though, you listen to it at the start of the next episode. Yeah. Because that's when you put on the spot to answer. No, uh, if it's next week, I should be able to remember. No, actually, that's a lie. I won't be able to remember. Uh, thank you once again for coming over for episode 102, um, filming in person again. Uh, so, yeah. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you, my <laughs> pleasure. Good to see you. Good to see you back from all your travels. Yes. Being invited back into the production studio again. Thank you. When's your next time? Queensland PGA, first week in November. Oh, yeah. Up in Brisbane. Very good. Very good. You've got some family up there too. I do, not much. <laughs> but I do. So some yeah, family. You'll be able to say hello. I'll be busy at the tournament. Oh. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening in. And if you have any more Clubland stories, please send them through. We've got a few more to get through, uh, and we'll do that next week. So uh, keep firing them in. Uh, We love to talk, talk about them. Excellent. 102, done.